0: You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. We are live, Uh, I am Tara, welcome to Sagas and Sass. I'm here with my fellow hosts, Nick, Jonathan, and Nami, and we are going to talk about all of the thoughts and feelings we have about Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse.
1: This is season one, episode 13, covering The Witch in the Woods, which is the second half
2: of King of Scars. If you're watching live, join us in the chat or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sass to continue the conversation.
3: And just a reminder: the views expressed in this show are those of the hosts' individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole.
0: All right. Um, so, real quick, before we go into our actual discussion about King of Scars, we've had a lot of Shadow and Bone things happening in the past few days, four or five days. Um, Jonathan and I jumped on a like about a 25 minute long uh, Facebook live on Saturday which is also available on our YouTube channel uh, where we just kind of discussed you know a little bit more in depth our thoughts on the teaser trailer and the IGN Fan Fest panel um, but since Nick and Nami it was a super last minute thing and you guys couldn't be there figured I'd give you guys a minute to share your thoughts and how you feel because um, like Jonathan and I were just we're very excited we thought it was wonderful and uh, I wanted you guys to have a minute or two to express what I'm sure is also excitement hopefully
2: <laughs> oh yeah definitely excitement um i mean just getting to see some of it has me so hyped for this show uh, i was already excited and now it's just like yes i'm ready let's do this april come on
0: oh my gosh i know how do we have to wait until april it's not even fair <laughs> <laughs>
3: It, it it was it was literally so beautiful i cried like Aww. like straight up i was i was at work and i was like hold up guys uh gotta gotta watch this and i then i proceeded to watch it like four times and just sort of vibrated and <laughs> it just, it makes me Oh, ah, it's so amazing, and I finally saw Heftas, and the costumes look so good. And like, clearly they had a big budget, and I just, ooh, and and Ben Barnes just made me very angry, and also, <laughs> I, he was perfect. I cried.
0: Hmm. Good. Um. Did you? Did anybody else? I, I know Jonathan hadn't watched the panel as of Saturday, but anyone else end up watching the panel that they aired mm-hmm. right after it? I highly suggest Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty short. Like the whole video from IGN with the trailer and the panel is maybe 37 minutes long. Um, and, and, you know, give or take like a minute or so at the very end where you probably don't need to watch like the very conclusion. It's, it's, it's pretty good. There's some good discussion, um, with the cast members, uh, you know that just it, it's just even more hype um and i and apparently it's like i know that that was a teaser trailer but like since like, there's <sighs> a two and a half minute trailer a teaser trailer
2: yeah that's not a teaser that's a full-on trailer
0: yeah and and like they they keep saying there's gonna be like a full length trailer whatever that means like i think a full length
1: is technically three minutes
0: okay so oh, they're gonna add 30, more 30 seconds, seconds. <laughs> like I I don't know. I I feel like I feel like I don't really want to see too much more because like I I know that they wanna hype it up for people who haven't read the books Mm -hmm. for sure, but like yeah, I I don't want to see too much more. Like I don't want to be spoiled. You know, I already know some things that are gonna happen, you know, from reading the books, but I don't want to be like spoiled for the cool stuff that's gonna be in the show. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. So I think probably sometime this month, or maybe first week of April. I, I would assume it's not going to be too, you know, too like far in advance of the show. But I don't know. I've I've been hearing later this month, so we'll see. I guess. Um, all right. Well, any last thoughts on that? Give uh, me more than just excitement uh also um and i i know i noted this to you guys i saw i saw this on the subreddit and then i double checked it myself because it had been like 12 hours since the, the post was originally made but yeah, shadow and bone the paperback copy was out of stock on amazon the other day i haven't looked Ooh. in a couple of days so it might be back in but that's that's pretty big like this is a mass-produced yeah. paperback that you know i i mean i, I don't know like like they don't Amazon doesn't run out of stock of mass-produced, like best-selling paperbacks like that, unless something Ever. big has happened. So yeah. So so that's really that's really exciting. I, I mean, and also there's been a huge influx both on the subreddit and even more so in the Facebook groups of people who are just now reading the books in advance of the show, whether they had heard about them before or heard about them because of the trailer. Like that's really mm-hmm. exciting. I'm I'm really excited for this fandom to to grow some more. Um yeah. So, so yeah. It's so, yeah. awesome
2: being at that stage too, where, you know, it hasn't, it's, it's, it's a pretty solid fandom, but it hasn't really blown up yet. And you know that, like, as soon as the show gets released, it's probably going to blow up.
0: I do not envy the people that moderate the um, subreddit and Facebook groups, honestly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Tara, was
1: your first Ice and Fire Con before the show or was it after the show premiered?
0: It was after. It was okay. it was uh, April twenty thirteen. So I want to say that was season three. Yeah, that was That's season. That was it was years. it was like right. It was right in the midst. I think of season three of Game of Thrones. But I mean, we were and so we were planning it not long after season two ended is when we started planning it. But um, I mean, I I you know I, I I liked the show at that point. But I had like I didn't plan that convention for the show. You know, I knew knew that the show is what was going to get us more attention for sure, but like I plan, you know – so yeah, I mean, that, that that would be a Grishaverse con, actually. I mean, you know, <laughs> if I was still, if I still had the energy to event plan on my own, that would be a thing I'd be interested in. But like, you know, hey, anybody watching or listening to this has interest in a Grishaverse con and wants some uh, consulting work done or, or possibly co-organizing where I don't have to be the only one doing all the things, hit me up.
2: <laughs> Crooked condom. um, I don't know if you meant
0: to do that And I don't know which is better I
2: really didn't
1: (laughs) uh, Especially after the body armor fiasco
0: Oh (laughs) lord Oh god
2: Delightful I have been
0: slain all right. So it sounded that, great in my head. It, I mean, honestly, it sounded great coming out of your oh never mind. That's <laughs> bad
2: too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't think it could be made worse, but uh
3: well, well done. <laughs>
0: if if it can be made worse, I will somehow find a way to do it. Um, all right, guys. So on that note, let's jump into our recap. We kick off with uh Jonathan today.
1: All right, y'all. Let's do this. As you remember. We left off with Nikolai, Julia, and Richard Spencer, oops, I mean Yuri, stuck in the Shadow Fold and being attacked. Meanwhile, Nina had just buried Matthias and was attacked by wolves, but was saved by Trestle, Matthias's wolf, because he is a very good boy. We pick up with the battle in the Shadow Fold, and although Nikolai and Zoya put up a good fight, the monsters overwhelm them, destroying Zoya's amplifier in the process. But it turns out it's actually some saints. Elisveta, Juris,
2: Gregory, and in fact, what the what?
3: <laughs>
0: turns
2: out these saints have been trapped in the Shadowfold ever since the dark League created it and need the crew's help to get out. Zoya is distraught over the loss of her amplifier, but Juris promises to train her while Elisveta prepares Nikolai and Yuri for a ritual to destroy the monster inside Nikolai. But is that really what Elisveta has planned? It turns out, not exactly. On the day of the ritual, Juris doesn't show up. He's actually been mortally injured by Elizaveta, and she also betrays Nikolai. She's been plotting with Yuri to bring the Darkling back using the monster inside of him. But then, before Eujurus dies, Zoya bonds with him, making him her new amplifier. It's sort of, read the book. She then fucks Elizaveta all the way up. The ritual fails, they escape the weird fold within the fold or whatever the heck it is, and they get to go live happily ever after,
0: right?
3: Meanwhile, Nina discovers that the factory is being used as a cover for one messed up experiment. Pregnant Grisha women are being injected with a variety of Jirda Parim and giving birth to babies who will be born already addicted to the drug and raised as powerful virgin soldiers. Or, well, more like slaves. And who also shows up? Jarl Broom. Turns out that he's Han's father. Drama! But this does not stop Nina, Han, Leone, and Adric from planning and executing a raid on the factory to free the Grisha women and their children. Even with Yorl Broom intercepting them, they're able to escape, but then they're stopped by some guards. Luckily, some villagers realize that some of the women being helped are missing townspeople and stand up to the guards. Then the explosives that Nina rigged go off, destroying the dam and Nina, Adric, and Leone have to use their powers to save everyone, essentially making Adric and Leone saints in the eyes of the villagers. Nina was a bit more stealth with her power use. I forgot about that. Uh, Well,
0: guys... We can't forget Isaac. He'd been a member of Nikolai's royal guard, but was recruited to take Nikolai's place so that no one would know that the king was missing. What makes us even funnier is that he had to meet with all the delegations who brought potential brides for Nikolai and try to woo the candidates. Obviously shenanigans ensued, Namely, that Isaac and Princess Ari of Shuhad began developing feelings for each other. Unfortunately for Isaac, Princess Ari is actually a member of the Shu Royal Guard and therefore also an imposter. The Shu had plotted to use this guard to murder Nikolai. Then she, still posing as the princess, would kill herself and they would pin both deaths on the Fiordans. Sadly, Nikolai got back just in time to witness the attack but wasn't able to prevent Isaac's death. Uh he figures out what uh, he figured out what happened and what was his conclusion that the most uh, poten- uh oh my gosh I can't talk that the most politically advantageous thing to do is to marry airy uh, of course <laughs> Oh, yeah. And fucking Richard Spencer is actually the Darkling now. The monster inside Nikolai, which was essentially a shard of the Darkling, took over Yuri's body during the battle with Elizaveta. For now, they're keeping him alive as a prisoner. But what is there to say other than this is all sorts of fucked up? Mm hmm. And on that note, <laughs> oh gosh, there is so much to unpack in the second half of this book. Um, and I know, like, it was so hard when we talked about the first half to not touch on some things. Um, but I thought I, I was looking for this. I was looking in actually, asking for discussion points uh, at, today. And and one of the things I found was an old. It was actually the same. I think I mentioned it last time. The same. Uh, young adult fiction subreddit uh, discussion on King of Scars, where someone had commented, the saints are cartoonish and weird, <laughs> <laughs> which um, I don't really necessarily disagree with. Uh, I mean, Grigory is basically like a constantly morphing bear human. God, I don't even know thing. And like, you know, I, I, I Urus is a freaking dragon. Just I, a dragon.
3: I just personally super love like the little puppy bear thing on wheels. Like mm-hmm. partial wheels. Like I don't I don't really know what was up with that, but I enjoyed it. Um yeah, no. But wasn't that actually- wasn't that the same
0: that was the same thing in a li- in, uh, language of thorns. Wasn't yeah, there that, a puppy bear on wheels? Been,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it in the language of thorns.
0: It, yeah, it's in the um Oh my gosh, the awful story. The, 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 yeah. the, the Hansel and Gretel inspired. The I can't the remember. The, the words, yeah. Because right. yeah. that's
2: what this is. But. Yeah.
0: The witch of something or other. I, I can't remember what it was called. But yeah. So Puppy Bear. Puppy Bear comes back. Puppy Bear on
3: wheels. Whatever
0: it is. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: yeah no. I. Yeah. No. They're absolutely cartoonish and weird. But I kind of liked it. Because it like further emphasized how like super out of touch they are. They've literally mm-hmm. just been, like. Imagine living in a castle for 400 years with two other people and just being, like, the fuck, man. Like, I get six people out here living with them for, like, 20 minutes. Like, 400 years? That would not be fun.
0: And it's not like they really knew each other or were friends, like, IRL, like, you know... <laughs> before this happened right like they, they all kind of lived different mm. places different times like they might have been alive still at the same time as each other but like I, there was no in, you know I indication think it sort
3: of implied that they're all you know 400 ish years old right all sort of existed at the time when the darkling was a baby and so were they and wild magic was wild and for everybody and then we became saints and then the shadowfold happened and why are we here now mm-hmm <laughs> let me out i didn't quite
1: figure out how they got stuck in it were they just (laughs) in the area Uh,
3: um so the way they explain it is that when the shadow fold was formed they were also sort of imprisoned into that space because that like the area where the shadow fold was formed was like one of like it was like spiritually significant or something and the power just like drew them there and was like, now you can't go anywhere because I can't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll be honest. Like the, the explanation, everything about this weird fold within the fold and how everybody got there, it's not one of Lee's stronger moments. Uh, I don't know if it was just she didn't really know how to explain it or if it was just Maybe in editing, it lost some of its, you know, oomph. I don't know. I, yeah,
3: it's,
0: really it's definitely a weaker, editing. it's a weaker thing, I think.
3: It was also, I don't know. It was also another one of those things that it was like hand wavy, weird, ancient magic, weird, weird, weird. And, and the whole section was just somebody, like, aggressively shaking me, being like, isn't this weird?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, not, not. Yeah. Again, not one of my uh, favorite. I don't even know lore pieces from this universe, this series, whatever. Um, but that said, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. It felt weird and forced, you know. At, like I, 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 I'm hoping that maybe, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't really know how anything else could get like explained or or filled out in. Um, you know, in rule of wolves either, because as we all know from the end of this book, it's, it's, it's over and done with. Right. So, uh, I guess we'll see if anything else happens, but, um, but yeah, so, so, uh, now the saints cartoonish and weird and, 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 and how they got there seems it's, it's almost like, seems very Looney Tunesy, <laughs> if you ask me, but, uh, one of the big things that I think we just need to discuss and get out of the way. Cause it's probably going to take up the most amount of time is the fact that what we thought we knew about the magic system of the Grishaverse is pretty much null and void now. Um, you know, and, and that being like what we thought we knew was um, you know, was was like the magic system was divided into three categories and Grisha were not, not only did they only learn one category, per Grisha, like like each Grisha was, was shuffled into a category, but they also, uh, you know, th- th- they seem to only have that power. You know what I mean? Like you didn't find an Inferni who could mm-hmm. also control, you know, water or whatever, or storms. Um, so, you know, this is what we thought we knew and and we knew that amplifiers boosted power, you know, and and of course, then there's Merzost, which was, you know, no good, very bad form of magic that drained its user. Um, So this is what we knew, but now (laughs) it's like, it's like all of that's just been blown out of the water. Um, You know, of of course, like the, the saints thing, you know, that that was mentioned several times in the original trilogy that, you know, they were probably real and they were probably Grisha like in almost all accounts. And we'll, in a couple of weeks when we talk about lives of saints, I actually started and need to finish a list of all the saints in that book and which ones were definitely Grisha and which ones maybe were and which ones maybe possibly weren't. But, um, you know, so, so you know, now we know that the saints not only were real and alive, but a few of them are still alive in this, you know, fold of the shadow fold. Um, and And, but they, despite the fact that they're trapped here, they can also create physical manifestations in the outside world. Uh, but apparently only in places where people believe in them. I don't know. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on any of that?
3: Well, okay. So I actually have a lot, a lot <laughs> of thoughts. Okay. So as, as y'all probably know, I am a hoe for a great magic system. And I have always wanted more details of this magic system. And one of the things that I noticed because I wanted all of that details is that we have already seen hints of overlap and questions of like why some things are possible and no. So the very first time we see it is actually within Genya herself. Because when you think about tailoring as what it is, like like using like chemicals and like a Grisha power to change appearance, it's already somewhere in between a cor- key and a fabricator. And mm-hmm. you know, that already shows like the closeness of that. Secondly, you have literally um, the stories of Ilya Morozova, which say for all accounts, he was, a uh, fabricator, and then it goes on to describe how he was basically both a durast and an alchemy, and just in general, the division of durast versus alchemy already seemed so arbitrary and like, you know, not quite solid. The division between healer and um, cor- key oh wow, I'm so healer and scary healer. What's the scary healer? what is it? I, I can't remember. Healer and murder, murder hobo with the corporal key is already, you know, super fuzzy. And it's sort of like it it, it sort of basically said that Corporal key can kind of choose. And so it becomes kind of like a weird thing that like it it's such a weird thing to think about that like the divisions are written as so solid when clearly it's kind of not so i i love this reveal because it sort of looks like something that lee has been building to and like had in mind for this magic system the whole time and i extra like it even more because on like a very scientific basis it makes so much sense that grisha are born with the power to control like all like matter, essentially, you know, like the creation at the center of the universe. Mm Grisha power is over matter. It's not over, you know, specifically bodies. And it sort of answers, you know, that question that we had that backup question of like, do corporality skills only work on people or could it also work on animals? Mm -hmm. And I suspect that yes, it can work on animals, but they're trained to think that it works on people and that's what they practice and apply and you know Zoya talking about how like certain fire powers or water powers came more not as easier to her and um what's his face the uh, dragon man dragon saint man talks jury, about your juris juris um so he talks jury. about how
1: jury.
3: he talks about how for him he is technically a squalor, but he can do tide maker things and inferior things, but water stuff always came unnaturally to him. So it's more a matter of like, you're born a Grecian, you can control everything, but you have like your natural talent or what you're naturally inclined to. And now, in like this modern world, what people see as Grisha power is just what that natural inclination is. And because of how they've trained and how they've been raised, they just sort of stopped and thought that was it. And I love the idea of how what an amplifier is has been perverted so much over all of this time because it's such an example of like how inaccurate storytelling can pass on through like generations and like as you go down like information is kind of lost and or like mutated and you kind of like misinterpret what something is supposed to be but you still kind of get what it's supposed to be but also not and I just it also makes a lot of sense because like all the stories about how Grisha live longer if they use their power and like, you know, like it was also sort of reassuring to be like, all right, yeah, the Darkling and his mom weren't the only 400 year old people, but also sucks now because it seems like they're all dead. But yeah. uh, So,
0: so side note, like, w- cause you're, t- we're talking about like the whole, like they're there, they can control one, like one of them is more uh, uh Oh my God they're better yeah. at one than they are at others whatever it's very is, is that sort of like the avatar you know like so so Ang was an airbender so like airbending came e- not, not just because he was trained from a young age but really airbending came easiest and and most naturally to him and and katara not katara um um Korra, uh uh waterbending came easiest and most naturally to her so i think that's kind of a cool like like they can do all the things but
3: oops, sorry. Yeah, I just and I just, along
2: well. those lines that for Aang, earth bending was the hardest to learn because it was kind of the opposite for air, and um, and Korra. Korra's hardest
3: was airbending because yeah. she had like the physicality and the fighting of everything down, but like the freeness and the flexibility of air was not. Yeah, was not her thing, and then
0: also this this. Begs the question, like when Lee was creating this universe, if she had all these thoughts in her head, because obviously these books are published much later, but like, was she influenced by uh, like Avatar, The Last Airbender? That's a, yet another question we would love to yeah. ask. Lee. <laughs> love to ask you
3: also another thing I could imagine is that like, it's possible she didn't know this was going to happen, but like, you know, when you look back on your own work, you notice things and it's possible that when she looked back on her own work and all of the stuff that she'd written about Ilya and all of the, like, you know, the essence of what a tailor is, she's like, yeah, no, this shit is a lot more connected than I meant it to be. Wait, maybe it is all connected. And I love that because when, when like, um, Wow, words, I'm so good at this. When Zoya describes <laughs> um, using her squalor powers and then like, using all the other powers, it really sounds like she's describing it on an atomic level and the way that she is Figuring out how to harness the other elements is going down to that very, very base atomic level. And so the reason she hadn't been able to grasp that she could do basically all the Grisha skills is because she was thinking it, of it on such a like macro level versus Grisha skills are the creation of the universe and you know that very as a as a tiny thing scientist it makes me very happy that like it's like atoms tiny things even though I don't usually go that tiny I prefer molecules myself as a molecular biologist also don't mind me I'm gonna turn my cam off for a bit do not be alarmed I am still alive I just have to run around and do some undignified looking shit (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: well, 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 Nami has stepped away. Uh, so, so other than, you know, other than what we've been talking about, we did mention, or we have already mentioned that amplifiers are, a cor- are like actually a corruption of how magic used to work. Um, you know, and, and that was just a really interesting, you know, like, well, why did you have to murder the animal or whatever and I mean that kind of harkens back to like Alina and and the stag and it turns mm-hmm. out that she actually has more control over over her powers and the in the amplifier you know she than then the darkling does because she spared the stag um mm-hmm. so so I you know I I, I do you know nami's over here shouting in the private chat <laughs> alita has more control over this stag because she gave something back to it um so so yeah i i i mean i don't know what do you guys have any thoughts on any of that before we go on to uh the the flexibility of the magic system and and whatnot
1: no i think that was covered yeah i think i think it was also
3: covered
0: yeah. Well, I mean, so, so a- again, like, as we've already talked about, the magic system is more flexible than we thought um, Grisha can utilize more than one power. Again, they, they may be stronger in one than they are in the others. Um, also Zoya is part dragon now, apparently because she had to like use Juris to escape, you know, like he he's dying and he's like, no, but take my powers. So now she's like part dragon. Yeah.
2: Um, so
1: stiff, stepping back a second. I- so yeah, go ahead. The, the, the the um saints basically merge with their amplifiers, right? I mean, isn't that by sparing them they be so
0: Yeah, I think that's it, probably it, the it, easiest way to describe it.
1: So so it going back to a second, the perversion was killing the the amplifier, the thought that you needed Correct. to kill it. But if if you had actually merged with it instead, or and they didn't explain how they merge with it, then you would have had much more power. So they were sort of they were sort of limiting their power by killing the amplifier.
3: Yes, it was like I think what was specifically said was that you have to give part of yourself back to the animal since you are taking from it as well. And to be honest, I love that a lot because the whole like dialogue of amplifiers just made me very uncomfortable from the beginning because it's like, oh yeah, kill something beautiful and innocent and just, you know, use that to gain power. And it just, it was like, ooh, really hate that, not a fan. And it makes sense that it was something that was, you know, um, perverted essentially to what, from what it was supposed to be, which was supposed to be like a partnership and the becoming of one between like two powerful things. And, um oh my god, I had another very, very insightful thing that I wanted to say here. So, oh yes, so back on like the Alina thing, it also makes that whole like Alina story make a lot more sense, you know, because from an emotional point of view, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that like she bonds with it more by sparing it, but from a lore point of view, it's like that makes no sense at all, you know, because what we know about the amplifier is that you, if you kill it, you gain the power, and the fact that she also had influence, and that influence was mercy, and learning that the influence that she had was not mercy it was giving back something in return it's just it just makes a lot of poetic sense and like the idea now it also makes more sense like why one Grisha can only have one amplifier because in turn if you're giving something of yourself back to it it makes sense because it's like it's like oh this is like a very important sacred bond and it's like part of you is in this bond as well and like I don't know all of that dialogue Just makes a lot more poetic sense in my head now and just the other the tradition of like Grisha amplifiers taking like the form of like collars or fetters was also a lot more haunting to me because it was like they were sort of like symbolically imprisoning themselves in this perversion of a ritual for strength without truly knowing the true strength that they were missing by doing it wrong. And I was just like, oh, love this, delicious, terrible.
0: Well, and I also think, and this is this is partially from like my own readings and partially from a comment I got on Reddit that I wanted to talk about. But um, so Zoya specifically, uh, when, with her amplifier, and then you, we obviously we get the backstory on this um, in King of Scars, and in, in, in the second half, I believe, um, she actually got her amplifier, which is a tiger something, something from a tiger, the teeth maybe. Um, by there were cubs, and like the their magical tiger cubs. I don't white tigers. I don't know. Um, I think it was white tigers, but like, so there are these magical tiger cubs and the, she was, she was on this like, you know, trip with the darkling and some other older Grisha students. She was really young. Um, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. She was younger than the other students that were there. And um, they, the other students, they captured the little, what the little tiger clubs. Cause they wanted to like lure the mother because they thought, you know, she was the one that, that they could kill to be the amplifier. And, Zoya like let the cubs free and she was trying to, she, she wanted to save them and, and, and like she, 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 she had it in her mind, like uh, that, that she didn't want to kill this, this beast. You know what I mean? She, she didn't want to kill the, she want the babies to be hurt. She knew the mother wanted her cubs back. And, you know, so she tried to set them free and it was like, she got attacked by another tiger who actually turned out. It was, it was, it wasn't the mother. It was, um, I don't know, the father or, like, a male, whatever. And he came after her and the cubs. Like, like, and and she saved the cubs and got attacked by this tiger. And she, she, you know, she was just trying to save them and herself. And in the process, she mistakenly killed the tiger. So she earned it as an amplifier. But that almost makes me wonder if, like,
1: did you think she mistakenly killed it I didn't get the impression she mistakenly it was killed an
3: accident it. I think she didn't i I think obviously she was trying to attack it and like protect herself but the intention wasn't kill the intention was protect me and it says that she ended up killing it because it had gotten like impaled on a tree or something so it wasn't like it wasn't like she was like aiming to kill it was like oh my god get away from me you know so that's what i mean that that's what we mean by accident versus like, She wasn't specifically at that moment like, "Oh, it's here, I'm going to kill it. She was like, oh, it's here, protect myself.
0: Right, and it makes me wonder if like she had the kind of, her powers were stronger than they actually were and she had maybe even more of an attachment to her amplifier than most people do because it wasn't something that she did like on purpose, you know what I mean? I don't think so,
3: honestly. I mean, so like I saw that Reddit comment quote that you put for us and i personally kind of disagree with it so just for reference um this is um Tara had asked on reddit what we should touch on and this is a comment from uh I don't know. No
2: underscore tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's you.
3: The username, the Reddit username
0: is no underscore tomorrow underscore 2020, which is, I don't know. That's a very, I I don't know if that's a depressing username or what, but you know, so yes, this person had a really good thought. Go ahead, Nami. Go ahead. I
3: was like, I was like, you know what? what? <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. But says, Can you talk about how Zoya became a dragon? Because I think she shouldn't have. The Dragon Saint talks in the books about how you have to lose something to the creature who became your amplifier. You can't just take their life and give nothing back. Zoya got scars from the tiger and I think that shows she won her amplifier the right way so she should have become a tiger. Plus I don't like the idea of Zoya inheriting her power. She makes her own power. She doesn't need to take a sec- second hand from a man. She's a powerful woman and I think it's a better message if her scars are what make her strong, what gave her the power. And while this is a really good insight, and I understand this POV a lot, I actually fundamentally disagree on this for a couple reasons. One, first off, is that I don't believe that Zoya actually gave anything to the to the um amp- to the tiger because sort of the way that jurist talks about it isn't that the amplifier isn't that the creature has to take something from you because something was taken from Zoya, but you have to willingly give something. And I think that's very different from her getting attacked by the tiger and also bearing scars from it. So to me, that that doesn't exist because when you think about you know what Alina did, she gave the tiger mercy. Zoya didn't give the tiger anything. For example, if it was one of the tiger cubs had died in her arms after she like was trying to protect it, that absolutely could agree giving something back. But at that moment, she was you know she was just a, t- a child afraid and trying to defend herself. Additionally, that whole action was done while under the influence of the darkling, and I don't think. That it's very healthy to have like that positive connotation to it because obviously she's doing it while she's under duress because she wants to influence this figure and make this figure (coughs) that has, you know, basically that has groomed her into thinking that she's like amazing into, you know, also being powerful. And of course the whole comment at the end that the Darkling gives her that he's basically like, oh, ha ha, funny how you came out on top of all this when you didn't even like think you wanted to come here or slash like when you were just the baby on this trip, like that whole energy, like just, tied to that amplifier doesn't like resonate with me as like a good thing and I think her uh, the other thing is that her attachment to the amplifier is you know obviously you know a part of the fear generally of losing her power because Grisha can only have one and the fact that she could only have one that's why she was so upset when it got destroyed not because it's like anything especially powerful like she's just naturally already a powerful Grisha and she says also like at the time of the trip with those other kids even though she was the youngest she was already the best and i think that you know it's the sort of thing that like it's true because zoya is a lot of things but she's not and she does have a lofty opinion of herself but i don't think she would be so arrogant to say that she was the most powerful when she was obviously not because she's never actually lied about it in her own mind at least and (laughs) and so that was my whole thing the other thing is that So yeah, so just on a fundamental aspect, I don't think she gave anything back to the tiger so I don't think that that counts as like a stronger amplifier because of it. Also the tiger persona has a lot of, you know, negative connotations because that that person, the person who that tiger became is, you know, a lot of what she became because of the evil of the Darkling. So I think her becoming a dragon is sort of fitting because it's her sort of emerging from that trauma and becoming something new. Additionally, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's anything like, oh, like she inherited her power because, and she got it secondhand from a man. Like, absolutely not. I think this was her finding a positive influence in her life as a mentor figure. Because think about it, like her mentor previously was the fucking Darkling. And now, Like in a way she's kind of emotionally healed despite seeing Juris die in front of her by having a positive mentor figure who was arguably more powerful than the Darkling could ever be and you know obviously wasn't the nicest to her but pushed her to become as powerful as she could be and at the end the reason that she inherits his power and the reason he gives his power to her is because he sees that she's worthy unlike the Darkling who literally was like ah never good enough eh don't give a shit don't really care about you well groom you anyway just in case but don't really care so I think I think saying that like she inherited her power from a man is like very short-sighted I think it's like I think it's a teacher seeing the potential of the student giving like teaching the student the full potential and her actually living it up to it and him being like yes this is what I want to do to like this is how I want to live on and how you can help your friends you know so it was sort of like I, I liked her becoming a dragon, cause yeah, obviously cause yeah, don't get me wrong, it's rather Mary Sueish if we're gonna jump back into all of that nonsense. But you know what? Give me more Mary Sue's, like like uh, uh, give me the overpowered female protagonist for no reason than because she's overpowered she's the overpowered female protagonist. I like it. And like the story that like gets her there, I I like that she becomes a dragon because it's sort of it. I feel like it would have been more, you know, thematically or story-wise fitting if it was like a phoenix, but like literally reborn in the flames, like she was forged anew. And I just, I really liked it. I enjoy it. Well,
0: and, and we also don't know, I don't think, I could be wrong here. So correct me if I am, anybody, either you guys, or if somebody watches or listens to this later and wants to let leave us a note, we don't know, like, yes, Joris was a was a man, but we don't know anything about that dragon. We don't know. We don't know anything about dragons in this universe, really, much at all. It, was it was it a sexless dragon? Because a lot of the times they are in 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 myth and fairy tales, um, or and we it could have been a female dragon. We honestly don't know. Like yeah. so, you know, you're like like Uris, uh became one with the dragon. We know nothing about this dragon that he became one. Maybe it was maybe it was a male dragon, but like we don't actually know that. But yeah, I mean, even. Even you know outside of of just not knowing you know for sure that it was even a male dragon um, specifically. Uh, I, I mean, again, like like you said, like I mean, sure, would it have been like cooler if if she had it had been a woman that that she inherited this dragon power from? I, I yeah, sure, but like I mean, I don't know. I I, I think. Lee had been writing this story for a long time. We already had heard the stories of yours and the dragon. She couldn't go back and change something like Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: isn't that because it's based on Saint George?
3: Speak to me. I, I
1: mean, I mean that's that's how I interpret oh, it. this. Is based, yeah. this is based on Saint George the dragon the has played
3: the dragon. What are saints? Yeah. Uh, you better so, read up on them, Nami, because in two weeks we got to talk about them. Well, if I meant IRL ones, but, like, book
1: ones... No, that's what I'm saying. St. George and... Yeah. But, yeah,
3: I I think, in a way, I like it more that it was a man. Because when you think about it, she did have a good, like, female teacher. Like, Bagra was terrifying as shit, and she's the reason she knows all of her powers. But also, like, Bagra did fail her in a way because she didn't protect her from her own shitty son. You know? And I think... I think reducing it to Zoya got her power from a man is just like kind of inherently problematic in my eyes because you know well the tiger was male
0: too so exactly
3: you know and it's kind of uh, the that's not the story or the point in my mind the point was like her healing from a terrible mentorship and her growing beyond her powers and understanding that she had been limiting herself and I think the fact that it happens with a male mentor after her previous male mentor was a literal garbage heap was part of a healing journey as well. And I think, I think that might have not been as much of a parallel if it had been another woman. But also, I think that that's kind of funny. And at the age that these that these weird saints are, they're pretty much like ageless grandparents in my eyes. Like, let's <laughs> ageless, genderless grandparents. They are just quote unquote ancient beings, and ancient beings are inherently genderless. So, um, you know, I like like Eurus is more well, of a I'm- dragon than a man slash is more of a man than a dragon. Right. It's all a bit. Hand wavy, and he's like, "I'm whatever I feel like what I feel like it, yeah,
0: well, and also, I mean, like, um, I mean, just to to again, like reiterate the fact that she had one bad male mentor and now she gets a good, you know, male presenting, I guess mentor. um like, I, obviously, I don't like like i I'm not going into like a sort of like hashtag, not all men bullshit, but it is very, very good for people to be reminded that, like, there are good male role models in, you know, in the world, whether it's the real world or the fantasy world that like, that, like there are good, there are good people out there, you know, like that, that, that that can help change your mind about, about things. Like I, I, I just, I don't know, as someone who had a lot of really toxic male friends when I was younger and who now has a lot of very, very wonderful, you know, male friends, it's, it's, I think that is important to, to note that, like, it, it, that does help things that does help not, not fix things necessarily, but it does, it does, it does help like that, that, that trauma, that, you know, that experience to, to have a, a good, you know, I don't know if I want to say even role model, but like mentor whatever, like, like a friend even. Cause I think, you know, he started as a mentor, but I think really like there, there was, there maybe could have been more of a friendship that would have developed between them over time. Um, you know, as she, as she kind of mastered the things that he wanted her to master. Um, but yeah, uh, Oh gosh, so much, so much to unpack there. Uh, so, any any other well, thoughts on oh, this stuff, sorry. please? I'll,
1: before we re- related, but sorry. it's total spe- rampant speculation. Does this mean that is this the methodology they're going to use to return Al- Elena's powers through Mal?
3: I doubt it. I
1: in future books. I mean, that's.
3: I don't think so. I I think it's been very much. I mean, if it does happen, like I guess it would make logical sense that it now like there's a path for it. But I also think Mal and Alina have gotten their quiet happy ending. Like let them let them rest. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, but this yeah. is fantasy. No one gets their quiet happy ending. We let
3: might
0: we rest. might see them again, but I don't I don't think that I don't think Alina's I, I think if we see them again, it's just going to be like a a like a thing that is forced by I mean, really like by Alina choosing to come do something because because let's be real, at the end of the original trilogy, Alina did still have this sort of place in her heart where she she felt, you know, um bad, I guess, for for the Darkling and and, and how he had be like what had happened to him, how he became what he became and whatnot. So do I think there's a chance that she will come back in an attempt on uh, like maybe on her own part to, you know, talk sense into him or something, you know, I, I don't think that's out of the question, but power wise, I don't, I don't think she's getting any. Power.
3: Yeah. Especially because, you know, it talks about how her final sacrifice is literally giving up her power, you know? Yeah. So I think it, sort of erases the impact of that by finding a way to give her power back. And also if the idea is to give her power back through Mal, as in like they both sort of amplify each other, it's also heavily like talked about how Mal is no longer has his tracking ability. He no longer has that weird tie to the making of the world that is what I am now calling Grisha powers, by the way, Um, that like he no longer has that tie to the magic anymore and neither does she. So I think that neither of them can get magic anyway. And like, you know, I think a part of it is like, you do need to be born with it. And I think now that she has given it up as sort of like her final action, like it's not coming back.
0: And that, and also like the darkling is back. Please, please no more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please
2: no more. I think it would be on Lee's part that she gave Elena back her powers. Yeah. Which isn't to say it won't happen, uh, because we, even good storytellers sometimes uh, make decisions that aren't uh, the best in terms of actually weaving a really complex and comprehensive story. But I think Leah is uh, above that. And, uh, it, you know, unless that co- actually comes up, I don't think it really merits further discussion.
3: Yeah. Also, I wanted to sort of I'm so sorry. I wanted to go back to that comment again and like sort of like talk about the end because it says she's a powerful woman. And I think it's a better message if her scars are what make her strong, what give her power. And I absolutely fundamentally disagree about that because everybody always talks about, oh, like your injuries are what make you stronger. Like, like, you know, like what you deal with makes you stronger. It's like, no. No, stop injuring people to make them strong. Healing makes you strong. Recovering makes you strong. Love makes you strong. Enduring trauma, it forces you to become strong. Yes, but it doesn't it doesn't inherently give you strength. Like and
0: and also it doesn't do it in the right ways most of the time.
3: Exactly. Giving
0: especially if you don't, you know, go through like therapy and like (laughs) exactly like almost
2: always you develop defense mechanisms that Mm -hmm. help you in the moment of handling the trauma. But after you start to get past the trauma, they actually harm your ability to move forward.
3: Yeah. So, like, forcing yourself to become strong by enduring a trauma or making it through a trauma, like, I don't, like, yeah, objectively, it does make you stronger, yes. But I don't think that is, you know, in an ideal world, nobody would become strong that way. Everybody would become strong, like, through love and support and you know encouragement and you know unlocking their hit inner potential which is why i think the dragon ending for zoya in this arc is so much more fitting because you know she's becoming strong not because of the injuries that she retained from the tiger not because of the wounds that she retained from the darkling not because of the world's like sort of shitty opinion of her she's becoming strong because she's unlocking who she could truly be <clears throat> in her magic. And don't mind me as I get a little teary eyed over this because I'm like, I'm like, yes. So like, you know, any dialogue about like your scars make you stronger, like kind of sets me off a little bit because my, my whole response to it is, but you shouldn't have to be scarred. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like beauty and accepting all of your flaws, like all of that, like not erasing any of that. And like, if you have scars, like, and they make you strong, like fuck yes, absolutely. But ideally, like, like we don't want to look at that as like, and like as a thing to celebrate, like it's great that you can become strong from your trauma, but it's a tragedy that you had to do so, you know?
2: It's in spite of, not because of.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And overcoming something does it, it is incredibly an accomplishment, but it's never the ideal. And if you can overcome something and then become even stronger afterwards from something positive, that's the real victory and like your scars make you strong or just oh it just i'm sorry i'm sorry commenter on reddit i'm like true i'm like l- like low-key tearing you to shreds and like let it be known that i absolutely understand all of your point of view and like i get it because like because like that is sort of like you know like like a knee-jerk sort of reading response that i would have also had to this but like when i think about it when i reflect on it and like this is what i see and i'm like you know what i do like this storyline obviously if you don't personally like Zoya that's probably a different thing and you're probably sitting here like oh why she's so strong that bitch but like (laughs) that's you know that's a separate neither here nor there issue and I think it's good storytelling on her like emotional arc in a sense that like you know she's essentially becoming strong by healing and by giving up like her feelers and like not limiting herself and like letting herself be open to other kind of thinking besides like the basic indoctrination that she got as a kid in the army, you know? And it's like, it's like all this idea, that like opening yourself up to the potential of the universe is what's making her powerful. And like, that's, that's a really nice, that's a pretty story, you know? So,
0: and, and I also think, and I don't, I don't know this, you know, I don't know this person, obviously I don't know their they, Reddit is, is it's, it's know nothing about a person or who they are or how old they are usually. Um, but you know, that is one thing. And this is not, Me talking shit. This is just me saying that is one thing I've noticed about this fandom is that it does, at least the active people, especially on Facebook that I've seen, but also there's been there's even been some posts on Reddit where people were like, "Uh, you shouldn't be on Reddit. You're not even like you you straight up said you're only like 12 or 13 years old," and I think Reddit has an age limit. I don't know what it is, but like the fandom skews very young. I especially for the first trilogy. Um, so I, I, I think that there is a lot of, sorry, excuse me. I got to shut a door here. <laughs> I, uh, oh, living in a house with three other people. Um, I, 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 think that, I think that that's like, you know, uh, that's just something that, that to remember is that there, this fandom does skew very young, at least as of right now. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, people, they, they come at this with, again, this was a very thoughtful, like thoughtful, like, like understandable, you know, comment and, 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 you know, discussion point. Um, but uh, we're all a little bit older, with the exception of NAMI, <laughs> baby, <laughs> baby, my baby over here. <laughs> well, when um, you say,
1: when you say very young, I think like 15. So
0: uh, no, 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 no. I mean, that that's, that's, yes, I, 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 some of the videos and 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 pictures and and what and, co- and like the things I've seen from people who are straight up like admitted like how young they were. It, I I would say this fandom skews in like the fourteen to twenty age range at best, and and most of them are more in that like I would say fifteen to nineteen or fifteen. Well, when to did the book range. first get
1: released? The first book,
0: twenty thirteen, maybe twenty twelve. So you
1: think if if people were picking up a young adult book, it's it. Fourteen or fifteen, which is probably who it was aimed at. They're, well, the people who read it when it first came out for sure are right?
0: older now. But, but no, I mean these are—I I think these are people who have read it more recently, um, or who maybe yeah. haven't read it at all. But like, and, and are, are coming to it from the show. And again, like, I'm not—I'm not shitting on like like the fandom skewing young or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that a lot of time, I mean, I, I'm shit. I, if I had read these books when I was like. 14 or 15 or 16 years old, I probably would have been like, you know, more into the dark Lena thing than I am now. I don't think I would have like, I don't think that would have been my end game, but I actually probably would have been like, well, yeah, obviously Melina, like their childhood love, blah. You know, like um, there's, I, I, if I think about who I was at that age and how I would have read this and interpreted things and and whatnot. Like it's not it's not difficult to to understand the sort of frustration that like yeah well, well but wait but Zoya like had to like merge with this dying dude to like get this like insane dragon power and like but what about her tiger? I I, I mean it's 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 a lot more understandable I guess it, if I it, think about it from that. It know, makes perspective.
3: a lot of sense because it's a very. It, I think it's one of those things that it's like a very valid analysis and if you want to try to you know everybody has to start somewhere when it comes to like you know thinking about books on a deeper level and thinking about like the hidden implication and like the meaning of things beyond what is just written and like what the messages behind that means and I think you know going with the initial like oh, it's weird that she gets her power from a man when she's already so powerful is, you know, it makes a lot of sense from an analysis perspective. And it makes a lot of sense why people would think this and why they wouldn't like it, which is why, like, I absolutely get this reader and, like, I really respect their opinions on this because it makes sense. It's a good analysis. And I think that, you know, a part of analyzing things is also looking at nuance and that's not a skill you get right away. And that's not a skill I would have had as a teen, that's not a skill I even had two years ago. And it's a skill I am still, you know, trying to develop now and trying to learn more about, but like nuance is the thing that exists. And when it comes to analyzing fiction and just things in general, you have to be able to, you want to be able to let nuance in. And I think that's why when Tara says that like this fandom skews young, so it's likely that this person is young and isn't used to letting nuance in and is maybe, you know, just, trying to analyze things as a base or even if they are older and they're just you know analyzing things generally and not thinking nuance like that's like you know it is what it is but yeah i definitely think this fandom does seem very young. i
2: I just i want to take a step back from making any kind of assumptions about age or anything like that
0: yeah i didn't want to make assumptions about age my my point being like sometimes if you've been through if you just haven't been through like this sort of trauma it's hard to yeah
2: Well, that's exactly my point. Like, uh, So trauma and healing don't have any age associated with them, right? Like we can experience trauma at a very young age and we can start our healing process at a very young age. I went through traumatic experiences for the first like 30 years of my life and only started really healing after I was 30. And so there are things that would trigger a response from me even today, that if I don't take a step back, it's going to be hard for me to not see it in the frame of my trauma. And so it, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways to interpret, particularly, you know, this this particular interaction, but really anything. And so I think what Nami's saying about this being a very valid viewpoint is true. And I think that no matter how how old this particular commenter is, how old any of us are, I think what's important is to recognize two things. One, our viewpoints on specific things are going to be affected by our own life experiences, and those can happen at any point in our lives. And two, that healing that comes from those experiences can happen at any point of our lives and is also going to impact how we see that. Clearly, we as you know, the four of us have our own viewpoints, our own experiences, and our own opinions based on all of those things. And it's also incredibly valid for anybody else to have differing and, uh, you know, sometimes completely opposite opinions from us. And unless Lee says, this is what I wrote, this is what i meant, and this is canon, then have your opinion, you know? Uh, For us, that's not how we saw it. Um, and hopefully, I mean, Nami went off like, in, a in a very good way. I loved every moment of it. It was exactly my thoughts. Uh, and if you listening to her, you still are like, no, that wasn't what I read. That's not what my experiences is. Good for you. And again, like, unless Lee says, this is what happened, this is how you should read this. And hopefully she never does, uh, because there are some things that should be left open to interpretation. Have your opinions and, and build from those. And as, as Nami also pointed out, you know, build that detection of nuance and find what makes sense for you. And if it if what makes sense for you is based on your experience and it's not what other people are seeing or what other people are experiencing, but for you it resonates as true, like that's awesome. That's what matters.
3: Yeah. That also goes to say no that like, it doesn't
2: include me like hatred
3: exactly right yes yes like goes to say that if even after listening to all of this you still are like nah i don't like zoe becoming a dragon like fuck yeah that's your own thoughts like you don't have to like something as long as your reason for not liking something is just like you know like opinion and not like you know i just hate women or something (laughs) like that you're really you're valid so like as as long as as long as you i just hate
0: dragons ew
3: yeah, I mean, let it be known, if you come out here just saying that you hate women or that you just hate dragons, we are not friends, you're, yeah. I, I disagree with that, uh, you're wrong, but if you're just like, yeah, no, I don't like that Zoya became a dragon, or no, I don't like that Zoya's a Mary Sue, like, good good for you, we're, we're allowed to like and dislike things, and opinions are good, because in this case they're opinions, and it's not like, hey, I think all these people should not exist because... They don't like them. Cough. Don't be a druskel. You can have opinions on other things.
0: Oh, speaking of druskel, any any last thoughts before I move on to the next bit? Because we have an entire other storyline to talk about. Wow. Um, so <laughs> I know, right? I know this is literally like. I guess we should talk about Nina too. I, I hate to say this, cause I freaking love nina but like her chapters in this book are just and this is this is this is also from an old post on the yi subreddit same old post um somebody said like you could take away all of the chapters with nina's point of view and it would not affect the nikolai this is supposed to be the Nikolai duology so it would not affect right now as of right now in this book the nikolai zoya story at all um, and this person's I, I i i'm bad i didn't note their username but it, they said it felt like you know what was happening in Fierda and what was happening in Ravka are like compete we're like competing with each other in this book for for domination of the storyline um which it, i don't know if i necessarily agree with that because obviously the the Nikolai and and the Nikolai and Zoya and uh, that that storyline the Ravkin storyline is very much the dominant storyline here that's the problem though the Nina thing is a side mm-hmm. story and and like um you know you can like or dislike Nina's perspective of what's going on where she is, but um you know the the person specifically said that Lee should have somehow tried to let the stories converge more at the end now now I don't yeah. really agree with that because um like uh, when Lee wrote this, she knew it was going to be two books. And the second book is literally called rule of wolves. Okay. So like, there's just, there, I can't imagine a world in which these two storylines don't converge in this book. (laughs) Um, the book is called, and and we've known this for a very long time. I don't know if we knew it right when King of Scars came out, which this, this comment might've been close within a couple months of that release. But so, so, you know, assuming that, 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 we didn't know the, the title of this book when this comment you know was made um this book is called rule of wolves obviously things are going to converge and i think we all knew that they had to eventually like lee is not she 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 converges things eventually regardless you know what i mean like we're, we're yeah. not getting two entirely separate books in one um here necessarily i and obviously if they don't it, but, but if they don't converge very quickly in rule of wolves, it's going to be kind of awkward. Um, so all of that said, we've got this whole separate storyline with Nina, where in a way, we're seeing more verse. you know, or, or, you know, we're seeing more of the magic uh, uh or what's behind the magic from Nina herself, because hers has been corrupted by Yerda And now she, as a corporal key can no longer do as far as she, as, as far as we know at this point, which God, hopefully with everything that's going on with Zoya, please oh let this mean that Nina will get some of her corporal key powers back somehow, because like, wow, if that's, if that's not part of what Zoya is learning, then my God, what the fuck is the point? with Nina you know like but right now all she can do is listen to slash hear and control the dead and and like I I just in a way I I
3: just I really love I I actually loved Nina's POV in the second half of this story because so for me the first half Nina POV was depressing as fuck Mm -hmm. and that's the reason I didn't pick up the second half of the book for so long and I literally finished it today and like did a quick like Audible. I, I bought the audiobook and then I listened to the second hot half on, th- on 3.5x speed while I was at work today. And it was just like it was one of those things that the whole time like as Nina's story was going on, I was just getting increasingly hyped for it because it was clear that she was sort of becoming like the avenging like Grim Reaper of these wronged women. And mm-hmm. I just I loved that so much. Because it is so very her, but like also her doing this in a way and like trying to educate the villagers of Ferda about why Grisha were not evil. It was just Mm -hmm. such a perfect tie of her. It was such a perfect extension of her arc in from the Six of Crows duology and like a perfect extension of Matthias's will and like what he had hoped for his country in such a positive way that I never as a previous Matthias hater and as a now Matthias acceptor and and sad that I didn't get to see him improve-er I it was one of those things that it made me really happy because <laughs> Tara that was amazing <laughs> I'm sorry I, I almost spit out my water at the, at the like as a, as a former
0: Matthias hater and a now a Matthias acceptor and, a, and sad that I didn't get Matthias to see Matthias
3: improve <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> But no, it was was just so very fitting because, like, her arc literally ends with her breaking these women out. And first of all, I'm not even going to touch on the absolute fucking horror of what it is that Jarl Broom is doing. Literally imprisoning women, getting them addicted to drugs, and turning and, like, literally constantly raping them to have them give birth to further people with magic that he is then going to enslave for his country and then probably torture and use more drugs on because he believes they're not even people like fuck that's really dark and really disturbing like i'm not even going to touch that with a stick because um if you can't see how fucking fucked up that is like we have to have a talk um but like literally the fact that that whole arc ends with them breaking the villagers out and having that confrontation with the guards and having like the Villagers come and be like we hear like a crying baby like in this car. What's going on? Why are you trying to send them to the factory and basically the villagers sort of being like hey These are just regular girls from our town who you are now imprisoning and accusing of being monsters like they're just regular people and sort of like Seeing how much they've been brainwashed, but also seeing how accepting they can be if it's their own people and you know like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that
2: Nick? What was what that? Was? that Can you see that little I, 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 I had a little cough. Uh my cough <laughs> ears really sounded like uh the word Republicans. <laughs> seemingly can't empathize with other people unless it actually yeah. happens to them.
3: Exactly. Directly. But it was it's one of those horrible things that like, you know, it's very much the human nature. It is oftentimes difficult to empathize with a problem unless it's happened to you or unless you have interacted with people or been educated to the point where you understand that, like, this is a thing that actually sucks. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wish I wish we as humans could all be born with the innate ability to care for other people and always immediately want what's best for everybody. But, um, you know, we're not like that. And I wish that was the case. And as somebody who has now grown to be that way and to just always want everybody to be happy, it really sucks that we're not all born that way because, God, do people suck sometimes. But it was this was one of those moments in the story and like just like that sort of like restored my faith in the world again because like obviously like you go through all of this and like Nina's whole like struggle in the beginning of this book made me just sort of be like, Nina, why do you even care about the stupid goddamn burdens Just let them go suffer and like you go do your own thing, keep yourself <laughs> safe, keep your people safe. Do not give a damn about those like snow worshiping tree eaters and wolf fuckers in the north. <laughs> if you can't tell, I have thoughts about Ferdans, but... It's it's one of those things that like seeing how there's this, no like,
1: evidence for the last thing you said.
3: <laughs> agree, agree. Yes, you're right. This is just prejudice against wolf fuckers. <laughs> uh, mm. But but like it was just sorry. Don't even mind me. I don't even know where that <laughs> thought went. It's fine. We went off the rails
0: bit. That means angry.
3: <laughs> but it was it was one of those things that it's like me like Nina's really right. Like these people, they have been raised a certain way. They're not gonna like they're not going to automatically change their mind. But what they will see is that these women that they grew up with, who they know are not threats, who they know are not evil people are being literally tortured. Like, like this is obviously evil to anybody who can see it. And no matter what the claim that these people are Grisha, like that, that won't make them like back off and be like, this is an evil. There's just going to be like, but why are you doing this to them? Like, they're our friends, they're our community. And I think that Nina taking that and knowing that she had to have Adric and Leone and herself stealthily like save them in a way that also created a miracle for them that also made them think that their god had a hand in it was just very very smart of her and like you know it's a level of like religious emotional manipulation that i'm not sure is like morally all there but like i like it makes so much sense why she did this and how it could work because she understands that like even if they save their lives they're still strange grisha they're still strange people and you know, it's one thing for them to be like, oh, our uh, these helpless women from our own town that we know and know, grew up with and know are not threats are okay, even though they're Grisha. But it's another thing for like these supremely powerful strangers to come in and, you know, save them all, but still suspect. Like, oh man, they're so strong. They're so powerful. Who could do this? But her literally bringing bones and making it into a tree in the symbol of gel was just chef's kiss. It was so, so poetically good because... Just
0: well, well, and this is their vert. Th- like now, they think of them as saints, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and and so that does thing. tie back to so everything bad. that we've seen going on, and to to all the saint stuff <laughs> that's been going on. You know, just in Ravka. like that's always been going on in Ravka, but most especially, like the the you know the things that have been going on recently with the saints creating those things to kind mm-hmm. of draw. Uh, them to the fold and everything. It's 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 very, um, and, and again, like it, it's the Fjordans now seeing them basically as saints. I, 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 again that 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 has to tie into what has been going on in Ravka, You know, like like yeah. the the yeah the mir- miracles just, and everything.
3: Yeah, it's just. I think what I'm trying to say is that I didn't expect a whole bunch of Faridun villagers to stand up to the ruthless bullshit that their soldiers were doing to harm Well
0: people. right but when it's, well, their, like, family when it's harmed, their family being harmed all of a sudden it's a teachable moment.
3: Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's like it it was it was simultaneously a moment of like wow I wish we could I wish people could just sympathize and understand humanity like other humans on this level of compassion always. But it was also one of those, like, you know, there is still hope. Like, kind of restoring my hope in people. Like, maybe Ferna isn't all broken. Huzzah! And then also just literally wanting to knock all those guards directly into that fucking factory fire. Like, fucking burn, you monsters.
2: Speaking well, of monsters. Your point, you know, the, I felt like the second half of Mina's story was really strong. And it did make me wish that it was more tied to the rest of the plot in the book. You know, every other POV we have is centered on a completely different narrative. And it touches sometimes, you know, Nina's plot touches on the other plots and the other plots touch a little bit on Nina's plot, but they're not interwoven like we've seen in basically every other book from the Grishaverse. And I really wish that we had had some kind of connection there. I do get the, like, probably... The role of wolves is going to show us that connection. But I wish that yeah, it hadn't,
3: definitely getting had a it whole there. Look
2: within, you know, yeah. where oh. there was no real reason for that to all be at the same time.
3: Yeah, so. I think when she ends her story of, like, you know, I'm basically going to figure out what's happening with this Landestop pretender mm-hmm. and, like, figure out what's going on there, when it's, like, clear that these people are actively planning an invasion of Ravka, it's, like, very clear how this is going to connect and it's going to come back mm-hmm. together. But it's one of those things that like I I too sort of had like a little bit of like dissatisfaction at the end that it didn't connect. And I'm sorry, Jonathan. I, I just keep, I keep screeching.
1: <laughs> it's okay.
2: I mean, love your screeching.
1: So so I actually really liked this part of this, this side story, even if it isn't interrelated. But one thing that did disappoint me greatly was the convenience of your room. I, I thought a, a different character would have been better. Why? I, I, it just is too convenient. I just think you could have had just as evil, a horrible father figure who's a Joseph Mengele type, um, who wasn't Jarl Broom. I just, you know, the convenience of it for Nina, I just it, it rubbed me the wrong way. I
0: just... it, it, yeah, it, I mean, honestly, let's be real. Like the convenience of Yarbrum and the Darkling in the same book, like, is is just it's it's frustrating, and I'm really hoping that Lee Bardugo like is able to wrap it up in a way that makes it feel less like, oh, we're just bringing back all the old all ye old all villains, all the old
1: antagonists.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, I've got a lot of shouting going on in the background. I hope you it's guys okay. can't hear it. <laughs> I hear it. You're good.
3: I, I mean,
1: I think old. it's people can understand new antagonists, and, you know. So that.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, but at the same time, you know, one uh, and yeah, it, to me, it was it was very. It, it did f- just like the Darkling coming back, and again, like I'm just I'm trusting in Lee to be able to you know wrap this up but like it felt really kind of like not only did yarl broom come back but he's also hannah's father and that's kind of yeah. like okay that
2: part definitely it, feels a little
3: to me yeah. I, I liked the yarl broom and Hanna thing a lot more than the darkling coming back like the darkling coming back i was just like it out the window dislike yeah. dislike keep him out but it's to trash. me like the I liked the contrast of Jarl Bruton and Nina and Hannah and that whole story because to me on a couple levels it was like it was one of those moments of like you know like Hannah just being like my dad's a good man he would never do this shit and like just like the her visceral horror at finding out like what her father is actually like like I think I think that was like a really you know incredibly (laughs) sad but incredibly good story because you know once again it goes to show like how you know, people can seem good to somebody who doesn't know the truth. And it was yeah, just, like, it was so horrifying. And it was also just so like hilariously, like fuck you to Jarl Broom that his beloved daughter is now working against him specifically because she's a Grisha. Like of yeah. all things that could have happened to him, having a Grisha child is like the worst for him. And I just, it just made me very angrily happy.
1: But you could have done the exact same thing with a different character.
3: But I System. think it wouldn't have had the same impact, you know, because Yorl Broom. Yeah. No. I think be point. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't love it,
0: and and I like I I, I did I I don't love it, but yeah, I, I I don't think the impact would have been the same. And we do know that I think we'd already known that Yorl Broom survived. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Like, we Yeah. Nina. Very specifically, didn't kill him. So. Um. Uh, I. Yes, I, my my issue lies in like oh really did he have to be Hana's father? But yeah, like Nami said, it. I, I feel like it kind of he also did kind of have to be as much as I don't <laughs> really love it. It
3: was one of those things that like I totally get why you don't like it and like absolutely agree. Like I wish it could have been somebody else, but I also understand why it was done. And I personally did kind of like it because just just the enormous universe's fuck you, Yaro Broom made me very very happy and just honestly like. The, like, Hana's whole story and character arc so far just was very nice, and I like that a lot because it's a lot for somebody to learn that what their parents are doing for them is not always in their best interest and it's in society's best interest. And she had definitely known that from the start, but knowing how, like, deeply her father's evil connects and, like, you know, her whole thing with Nina where she was like, oh, my dad would still, like, what would my dad do if he found out i was grisha he would be upset but he would still love me and like her seeing what he's doing to grisha and just being like oh no i i don't think he would anymore and us knowing as readers that he absolutely wouldn't like it was just that impact wouldn't have been there with another character
0: because also though it's gross that nina is like having to like fawn over him yeah. and yeah. all, all, all that was so of that just makes
3: me want to vomit into a into into a pocket, specifically a pocket on Yarl Broom. like also Yarl, I, pockets. Bomb
2: it into that. Since we're already like at nine eighteen or whatever, uh, <laughs> I want to talk for a second about the Darkling and how, like you were saying, Tara. I hope that Lee brings this all together, but right now it is like the worst plot point to me. I hate this decision. There was no reason to bring him back, and it feels so contrived. And I'm sure that it's part of some overarching plot that we're going to find out more about in Rule of Wolves. But I, I, so I, I was listening to this on an audiobook. But I like, and I and I and I do it while I commute. I literally had to like pull over and just like shout for a minute because I was so frustrated. It was just like, why are you doing the, why, 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 why?
3: I think another thing was that for me, another part of why I didn't finish this book until literally now was because I knew he was back and I was just so fucking angry. Literally, like, could not get over that anger and like that choice. And like a part of me hopes that the reason she brought him back is to have him be the sort of irredeemable villain that like even the hardest of hardcore fangirls cannot find anything good about him anymore. But also at the same time, I know that that will never happen, and those fan girls are fucking there to stay. They've they've sat their asses down. It's all the Dark League's dicks. They're there to stay. Um, sorry, I had to say that out loud.
2: <laughs> I they lived up first.
3: <laughs> they did They'd they like it to hurt because they're bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, all of that was you really terrible. you got to
2: work up to it before you just sit down on it.
3: Really sorry. <laughs> I, God, I feel very bad for having to say that. I, I really <laughs> want to take it back now, but like that's literally it. And I hope the reason he's coming back is so he could be even more terrible, and, and we could just finally be like, "See, garbage man." But also, he like completely also well, he's
0: not attractive anymore because he just looks like Yuri.
3: He <laughs> looks well, like also, I feel yeah. I so love. is he?
0: Is he going to be a less attractive villain because he is physically less attractive?
3: Probably, people be shallow. Taking bets now, I agree, but all Fandom has probably already decided he's hot because fandom sucks like that. But well, we'll probably cast
2: somebody attractive as Yuri, so it won't matter.
3: <laughs> straight oh, up, straight up rage. Hate it, hate it, hate it. The worst. I'm sure Lee will make it work. I have faith that like she will still write a good story, but goddamn, why didn't he stay dead to keep the garbage yeah. the garbage? We took it out, we burned it, we literally <laughs> now somebody was like but he saved Discord. like elizabeth take your bees and go fuck yourself
0: <laughs> those poor bees they didn't ask for this
3: <laughs> sorry um angry thoughts
0: <laughs> so, okay okay so so uh yeah i i i don't think there's anything else to say about the darkling coming back uh, john and then what are any of us happy about this like do any of us think this was like a did any of us read this thinking oh yeah this has got to be like a good thing like this is I don't now,
1: know. I mean, again, it, 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 both that Darkling coming back and Broom—it just seemed too contrived to me. I had hoped for more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, can I forgive. Still, it, I, I, I mean, I
1: really enjoying the story, but I just like there—you know—you can do better. I
0: can forgive Broom more because, like, at least you he knew was he alive. wasn't dead, right? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, you didn't um, literally kill him off in the first trilogy.
3: Yeah, but uh, and, like, obviously, Nina's arc would have involved her coming back and like literally fucking up broom shit. So, like the fact that he's already back and the fact that it was already like really convenient, it was like, I was like, yeah, this is really convenient, but also like it was gonna happen. She was gonna find him. And she was it's gonna almost
2: find him. like having a trilogy uh, with an overarching villain uh, where the villain dies at the end due to a really noble sacrifice, but then in a, a later uh, series, but in the same universe. That overarching villain is brought back for seemingly no reason.
3: Huh. Seemingly. What can
0: we possibly be talking about? Being the merciless. From... I just I, I'm just hoping. And I, sure, I, 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 I want I have so much hope for Rule of Wolves and that like especially the Darkling stuff will make some semblance yeah. of sense. Like th- that there will be some something that happens that's like okay, well, we you know. We forgive the fact that the Darkling came back for this reason. Um, okay, so before we close up, uh, real quick, just can we like poor Isaac, like cry about Isaac? Oh my for a gosh, minute? poor Isaac. This poor guy. I just Ugh. whole.
3: Ugh. I think everything the about that thing for me was that like Mayu so obviously was actually in love with him. Or and well, they, you know, in love, like whatever. No, they were, were, were in like,
0: infatuation in like it had been a very short period of time. They were
3: yes. they were in very hardcore crush. And if it had been literally anything else, like any other situation, like they would have been able to have like the potential for their happily ever after. But the fact that like literally, oh god, I just want to hug eyes that can bring him back to life. And then Yeah, because he dead dead. Yeah, because he dead dead. Why couldn't we have brought Isaac back into the Darkling? Right? That is an
2: excellent question. That oh, that is the real question.
0: I suppose there's still a chance, but Yeah.
2: <laughs> seems unlikely.
0: Yeah, I I, I that would that would more. be one of those kind of almost unforgivable, like, oh come on. Yeah. You know, like, oh come on. These also, I do have
3: to confess that, so, okay, so when I read books, I have sometimes a bad habit in which I'll just sort of flip to the end and read a bit and then flip back and keep reading from the beginning because I am, uh, I've I've realized that I have a lot of anxious habits when it comes to reading and that I I sometimes, like, if I can't continue reading the story because I get so anxious about where the story's going, I have to spoil shit for myself so I can keep continuing to consume the content it's also part Mm -hmm. of the reason that i just haven't watched the crown because everything about that makes me very anxious for queen elizabeth like you're not gonna have a good time sweetie (laughs)
2: but but you also know everything that's going to happen in the crown
3: but nick i'm concerned
2: it's literally already happened
3: now. yeah
0: it's literally real life come on
3: you know, well I, I mean as I never said this was a slightly historically mistake. inaccurate real life ne- ne- never said this was a logical issue just said it was an issue but so um, I will confess that a part of what I did when I was halfway through part one when I first thought this book I sort of had flipped through the back and I like read the ending for Isaac and I was like what he's a person named Nikolai. he gets stabbed they know it's not him what 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 and I didn't ex- and like I knew it was coming but I didn't expect myself to like actually love isaac and bob with him which made all like his ending even more tragic because i was like no this baby's gonna die just, go <laughs> just keep him safe and like logically i know he's like 27 he's like not he's not bb but he's bb and it just, it's just he seems even more
2: baby than everybody else in this book though
0: yeah he's well, very sweet and well, innocent, it's also because, in a like, way he-
3: He's very much not in a position of power, and everybody else is like, hey, look at me. I got power, bitch. I got power, bitch. And it's him. And he's like, Hello, I am good boy. I just want to be <laughs> with my king. He's oh, like no. a puppy. He's I like a puppy. Me, he is
2: like a puppy.
0: He is he is actually like they call him the, Nikolai's nickname, right? Was puppy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, Isaac is actual puppy. Yes. So R.I.P. Isaac, though. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. I mean, they. Speci- I'm pretty sure they specifically said at the end of this book that he was like dead,
3: dead. Yeah. He's like, but dead. but
0: the the guard impersonating Aery was she
3: actually dead? They, My, I think survives. they Yeah, they so, saved her. Yeah, so they save her. She lives. Um, she is in the little palace under heavy guard, being taken care of by the corporal key. Um. Yeah. The princess is obviously fine she's having a crisis
0: um oh yeah because now she's got to marry nikolai apparently which also also... i'm
3: like very interested to see if there's ever going to be any sort of confrontation between her and her older sister because it's very obvious Mm -hmm. that her older sister is not going to let her go like nick's absolutely nikolai's absolutely correct like this i like
0: well his how long is rule of wolves supposed (laughs) because that is just so much to unpack yeah, like, like we can we can barely like we i can barely figure out how like the 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 nina fjerdin and and like rovkin yeah. nikolai stories are gonna merge like
3: i know it's i know it's empty <laughs> hoping because i just honestly i want to see more of what shuhan is like i want to see more of what Novi novizam is like because come on give us details on the not white countries like let's fucking go right but like my other, th- my thing is that like, it's just like the the sliver that Nikolai gives us of how he's like, you know, it's very obvious that if this plan had gone to fruit, like your sister would have had you killed, right? Mm-hmm. And like, just like how obvious that is and how she's like so determinedly like naive and like, no, that wouldn't happen. But it's also like, like she has to know somewhere in there. And, like, I would just love an entire story about like shrew royalty and all of that bullshit. Cause like their whole like, thing is just so vague but so interesting to me like like that's well,
0: why well, we need like a world of a world of Grishaverse book like world of ice and fire right <laughs> Lee,
3: Lee can you write a world of Grishaverse book that's just about Novi's Mm. Nina can
0: we be your or Nina oh my god Lee can we be <laughs> Oh yeah I'm tired I've been up since 5 a.m uh, <laughs> Lee can we can we be can we be your Elio and Linda? To GRM, like where we write, we write the world of Grisha book, please.
3: Please. Oh my god. I would love to write just like stories about like the Suli and like how they became who they became and like their home country and like how Bravka was like secret, like Are you gonna
1: are you gonna run that website, Tara? Oh god The no. power of the Grisha. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't have time for anything. Um, okay. So uh, we're at, we're close to an hour and a half here. Do we have any last thoughts about the story as a whole? Because like, I mean, again, like we, we've got the rule of wolves is coming out this month. Y'all we were going to be, and, and, and speaking of which just real quick plug two weeks from now on St. Patrick's Day actually we're going to be covering the lives of saints. So I will be wearing green. Don't know about you guys, but I am I am going to do my best to come up with some like crazy like real life St. Patrick's Day like games for this because I'm <laughs> I'm stupidly like it's St. Patrick's Day. I am Irish. I will do this somehow. Um well but, it's but-
3: be fun for us to write our own St. Patrick inspired like if if St Patrick was a saint oh
0: my god can we each write like a short like a short fanfic like 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 a short like since we won't be doing a recap we we can can we each write like a 500 ish word like fanfic about some sort of grecia saint that we're making up that's based on a real life catholic saint please <laughs> we'll talk about this later but <laughs> we'll do we'll do something fun for St Patrick's Day and lives of the saints and then on March 30th, we are all attending the Rule of Wolves virtual um, release event uh, that's being hosted by a bookstore actually out here in California where I am. Um, and, And then on the 31st, we'll be recapping that event. Uh, so, and then on April 7th, Wednesday, April 7th, about literally like one week and one day after the book comes out, we're going to be covering the book as a whole, because there's no way we can split that up. Uh, I'm sure. But like, so any, any last like thoughts, any last like things you're hoping to see in, in rule of Wolves since it comes out so soon, like anything.
1: Well, well, we somehow managed to go the entire discussion and not mention the potential Nikolai Zoya romance that was pretty obvious to me was
2: was hinted
1: at in that second half of this
3: last book oh yeah it's like definitely definitely. i've seen speculation
0: that one of them will die and i honestly i might i might be real mad because i feel like (laughs) Mm -hmm. if either if either one of them because this is the ship that is i just i i want i'm sorry lee uh, but I, cause this might happen, but I want Lee to be a better writer than that. Like, I don't feel like either one of them should die. I, cause in, yeah. I know that technically it's, it's, it's more common that a woman is fridged for a man's, you know, arc to, to, you know, move on. But like, I, 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 I still feel in this case that it's, it, it, please don't i just please don't i just i hope not like that right? that's if that happens if either one of them dies in the next book and i know it's possible but if either one of them dies in the next book i'm not going to be happy. i don't
1: think either i don't think there's any chance either of them will die in the next book
3: i think the worst part about it is that zoya especially in my mind cannot die because lee has literally made her a poc now Cause like officially in the second half of the book is where you read that she is where you find out that her father is Suli, so she's like officially canonically half Suli. So like Zoya literally cannot be killed. Well, or I will rage. At and then there's then there's the, there's the whole Nina rage. thing. Like, like people were
0: saying ex- Nina would ex- die, and it's like okay, no, Matthias already died to further Nina's story arc. Yeah. Um, and Nina's also, mean, if Nina yeah. dies, that's a barrier gaze trope because she's bisexual. Yeah. So or or yeah. well she could be pan whatever she is not straight so yeah.
2: we just we don't need characters to die or to further the plot of a book that's just not and especially not to further a romance
3: it's one of those like if it's nikolai, just trick. the only thing that i can see working in a way for the story is if nikolai dies and i hate it because i love nikolai as a character but story-wise for Ravka to get out of like you know like the like whatever the word is for a country ruled by kings into a country that's different. Monarchy? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. Monarchy.
0: <laughs> monarchy to a like, something you know, else. Literally just like else.
3: evolve Ravka from a from a monarchy in a war-torn country into something else like I, I like I see how Nikolai dying can fuel that but I still don't like it for starters hate it and secondly i don't see how lee can do that without the entire fandom fully rioting because nikolai is like literally the most beloved character right now so
0: well and also like like the 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 thing that i the, the theory that i saw was that nikolai would die so that zoya could become queen but it's like that she he doesn't have to die for her no. to become queen he could he's already talked about giving up his monarchy he is already, there have been conversations in King of Scars, there were conversations in King of Scars where he was like maybe Ravka doesn't need a monarchy anymore. Okay? Yeah. So like he does not have to die for that to happen.
3: He yeah, does He advocate. is literally
0: willing to do it if, if, if there is a way for the country to like for the government system to work without a monarch. He is willing to do that. So mm-hmm. like Why would you, why would you, please, Lee, don't, why would you put that out there and then kill Nikolai only so that? Yeah,
3: yeah. and like the fact that, like, the thing that scared me so much is that when Lee was like talking about this book, she was like, blah, blah, like, this, this will happen, this will happen, a wedding and a funeral. And I was like, oh God, no, no, who dies? Because none of, none of the options are good unless it's the Darkling dying again. If it's the Darkling dying again, I am a thousand percent here for that.
1: Well, they didn't have Isaac's funeral yet, did they?
2: Nope.
3: That's all. Oh, the really, other thing
2: that I just thought of that we of, cannot do, and I'm really now worried that she's going to do, is kill Hannah.
3: Yeah, no, she can't kill Hannah because Hannah is also, yeah, so once again, um, it's sort of shown that um, Hannah's mother is what whatever the indigenous peoples of Firda would have been because she's described as brown. So Hannah is, you know, mixed race, like can't kill Hannah. Can't kill... Yeah, shouldn't kill. And everybody. also,
0: very likely not straight. So, again, like, yeah. there's yeah. this two, like, all like, here's the thing like, all of these amazing characters that Lee has written, like, it would be literally Nikolai is the only one that we could lose and, and it, like, and it be not like a, like, in terms of characters we actually like, by the way, um, and it not be like a killing a POC or a burying your gaze or like, like or just, killing like, a
3: cripple with Adric or, you know, once again, Leonie, Kaz. a woman of color. Or Kaz. Well, color. yeah, I mean,
0: I don't think we're going to see Kaz. Kaz isn't going to be the rule, rule, rule. But, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah. It, it,
3: just, honestly I, I hope i hope lee's whole thing about a funeral was just her swerving us and being like hey you fools isaac hasn't been buried yet you fucking yeah. idiots that's all i, I really hope
2: more. that's what happens
3: i really hope that's it because honestly i hadn't even thought about that whoever said that thank you because you've given me hope again but i also probably <laughs> shouldn't hope because that was I me. <laughs> that <was
2: Yeah>.
3: <laughs> thank you John. I jonathan 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 is See,
2: it's mind? good to let Jonathan talk. In the
0: end, things, it's it's yeah. in the end they're going to bring on Cat back, and he's going to be the one that
3: dies. <laughs> it was <laughs> oh, the don't kill the Cat. Was <laughs> it? Oh, only, only acceptable funerals for Rule of Wolves: Isaac's funeral because that boy deserves a good one, or the Darkling no. again. Or so both, it, or it, it,
1: if yes. the Darkling does die again, does. Dark, does the Darkling become Kenny from South Park and they oh resurrect him every episode yeah. and, and <laughs> kill him only to kill him by the third, next book I,
3: w- I would write that fanfic I got you John if he dies again I'm writing that fanfic he's a <laughs> oh I got it. Oh, also John, John I have a very important question for you because it was sort of implied that i'm going to be making cosplays for everybody in this group since i will be cosplaying zoya so i will be making tara and nina costume eventually when life lives again who, who
1: do i want to cosplay nick and
3: Nikolai cosplay yes john who do you want to cosplay also nick um we're going to take cute photos like
1: should it yep. be a main character or should it be an agent whoever character? you
3: want whoever you want yeah. one cosplay? cosplay yeah let's l- let me i'll say it here and i'll say it again your skin color doesn't matter for cosplay. Your body type doesn't matter for cosplay. And fuck no, your age doesn't matter. You can literally, you, you can cosplay. I'll do Ke- the
0: Kez, Kez
3: I Oh, I can see cats. Yeah. yeah, I can see yes. you swinging
0: that cane around. <laughs>
3: I would love it. Okay, yeah, John, you'll be cosplaying Kaz. I love all of this. Let it be known that, like, I'll definitely not have time to do this until the summer, but it'll happen one day, and when cons are back, guys, we're fucking showing up.
0: I mean, I was also thinking, like, I could do Genya, honestly, but I, mean, yes. um, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that face makeup.
3: Well, okay, let mm-hmm. me put it this way. Tara, you would be an absolutely fucking gorgeous Genya, like, duh, duh. But also, you have said that Nina's your favorite character. And if you do Mm -hmm. want to cosplay Nina, I fucking got you for it. Actually, I got you for anything.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, Once again, I'm Tara, along with Nick, Jonathan, and Nami. Thank you again for joining us for Sagas and Sass. And we will see you next time, two weeks from now, when we talk about Lives of the Saints. Thank you, and have a good night.
1: Good night. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.